Before we begin, a note of warning. The language used and the topics explored in this podcast are not suitable for listeners younger than 18. Your discretion is advised. From the Spade and Archer Studios, welcome to Behind the Yard Sign, the podcast that pulls back the curtain to reveal the real world of real estate with your hosts, Justin M. Reardon and Amy Romberg. Amy, I am so glad to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. It is so good to be back. It feels like it's been like, I don't know, a year, although it's really not been that long at all. It's weird. I think we only actually did one episode while you were away, and it's so nice to have you back behind the yard sign with me. So um, <laughs> we have some fantastic things going on. So first off, Ryan Reynolds is in the green room. I think he's cooking Ryan. or baking with like Joe and Franz back there. We set up a little test kitchen, and Ryan Reynolds agreed to came in and like come in and like give a cooking lesson. He's beautiful. He has a beautiful family. He's super funny, and apparently knows how to cook too. Who knew? Um, it just doesn't get any better. We're going to have to drag them out of there, I'm sure. (laughs) You're going to love them. They're so delightful. They're super nice guys. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to them. You took a little hiatus from behind the yard sign and you had some family stuff going on. What was going on, sis? I don't even know the dates because it does feel like it's been this weird, this weird like blur of time. Glenn is my wife. But a couple of months ago, Glenn had something going on with her, what she thought was her shoulder and her neck. There was something that was bugging her. She thought it was related to an old injury. And it was starting to, I think it was sort of manifesting in some weird tension kind of in her, actually in her armpit, like way back tucked up in there. And, you know, it turns out that she had breast cancer. She has breast cancer. And it was a very, sort of strange, surreal process she went in and the doctor was like, oh, you know, I think she'd found something that she was, that that felt questionable to her. And her doctor was like, oh yeah, let's, you know, let's send you over to the mammogram. And, you know, from there she had an ultrasound and this is not her first mammogram. So it wasn't, we were sort of like, oh, this is weird. Let's check it out further. Mm -hmm. I think we were both fairly astounded that, you know, when the ultrasound came back, that it looked worrisome and that they needed to biopsy it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we were both fairly astounded. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it. I mean, I think it continues to feel moderately surreal. Uh, I don't think you're ever fully on the other side of it, but we are well through the process at this point. And we just found out she doesn't need chemo. Um, she starts good. radiation and yeah, in a week or so. I mean, it was really best case scenario for us in so many ways, yeah. but still just totally surreal. Yeah. Joe Gurdon has been through two, my husband has been through two bouts of cancer. So he had bladder cancer almost 20 years out from that one. Um, and wow. every six months he would go and get a cysto where like they go and they look inside your bladder, like <sighs> to see what's going on, super painful and like not fun at all. And then it went from every six months to every three years. And then about yeah. four years ago, they just said, okay, we don't need to do that anymore. And that yeah. was the first time that I felt like, like, oh, we're like truly on the other yeah. side of this. Yeah. He then immediately, like within a, within a year was tested and tested positive for prostate cancer. Um, and this particular kind of prostate cancer is the kind where if you do surgery, it's actually more dangerous because it could cause it to spread by doing surgery. If you just leave it alone, it just kind of sits there and is really still. So they've gone in and they've done tests two more times, like every six months he does tests on it. And the last two times they detected zero cancer at all. But because it was detected once, they're still like wow. keeping an eye on it. They're doing what's called a PSA test, which is kind of like a blood test that tells you like what's going on with your prostate. Um, but like, again, it 
if there is a type of cancer to have, this is a really good one. You know, it's not like a, it's yeah. going to blow up super fast. My question to you is around this idea of detection because early detection is really kind of the key around any kind of cancer. Is this yeah. something that Glenn could have detected earlier by self-examination or was she doing self-examinations or how could she have caught it earlier? I don't know that she could have. I mean, I think, I think she's pretty in tune with her body. They were pretty surprised that she felt anything. Mm-hmm. They were pretty surprised actually given where it was because it was tucked way, way up back kind of um, in her armpit area yeah. of she since, you know, she's had now surgery and has sort of an indentation up in there where they had to take up more tissue than expected to actually remove. It wasn't huge, but it was so far back in there. So they were really surprised that she actually did feel it. So I'm not really sure. I mean, there's, there's some things about this that feel, I mean, she's definitely someone who's super in touch with her body and kind of what, how things are feeling and generally kind of runs high energy and go, go, go. So the fact that I think she sort of took a moment to check in and to follow up with it was, you know, was remarkable. And, you know, again, they were like, you can feel that. Everybody was a little bit surprised that she could feel it. So that actually was really good. So what should every woman be doing or every person who has breasts, what should they be doing on a regular basis? I mean, yeah, I think that's such a good question, Justin, because I think there's just a lot of different information out there. I went in and had a conversation with my primary care doctor, you know, a couple of years ago about, you know, is it time for me to get a mammogram? And she was like, well, you can kind of go either way with it at this point. I think they, they're pulling back some of the recommendations about mammograms for younger women because people are going through the process of getting, you know, finding something. If you have fibrous breasts, if there's something that is questionable, you know, people are going through the process of ultrasounds and and all of that and then or a mammogram and then ultrasound and then it turns out to be nothing. So, I mean, I think the medical community is just trying to figure out what the recommendations need to be. I mean, I still to the best of my knowledge, self-examination is always a good way to go because you sort of know what's going on in there. Is that like monthly or like once a year? Like what's the I mean, I think no. I mean, I think with with I remember I used to have a little hang tag for my shower that sort of like was this is how you do a self exam. And I think the recommendation is to do it really regularly, you know, monthly at least so that you can catch any of those things that shift around. It's also bodies are strange. And as we age, there's so many different things that, that happen and that come up. So yeah. The big thing is like, if it feels different, ask. You know, yeah, if it feels absolutely. different, ask. Like if there was something that's there that yeah. wasn't there before and you're like, well, that seems a little yeah. strange, you know, or if you're going potty and you notice something down there and you're like, oh, that's a little different. Yeah. Ask your yeah. doctor. And and even if your yeah. doctor is like, hey, don't worry about it. That's totally normal. At least you ask, yeah. you know, and you're what Glenn yeah. did was she was like, this feels a little weird in my neck. And it's just and she asked, yeah. you know. And also, I mean, I think allowing I think so many people feel so disenfranchised when it comes to their medical care. You know, if your doctor says, oh, it's probably not nothing, but it doesn't feel right to you. I also think people need to learn to really advocate for themselves, which is really hard for a lot of people to do in the face of a doctor-patient relationship. They know it all. They're, they're, they have all the answers. They're supposed to be the ones that guide us through it. Yes, they're still practicing medicine, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think if something doesn't feel right for you to really advocate for yourself, I mean, she's got a great responsive primary care doc who was like, yeah, let's get it looked at. But for sure, asking if you notice something that's different, follow through with it. So we're going to go back. You want to go back and get Joe and Oh my gosh, yes. And meet Ryan Reynolds. Okay, good. I appreciate your vulnerability. Thank you for sharing with us. I mean, if nothing else... 
we can have our one listener can learn about breast exams. So that's huge. <laughs> um, and so uh, you go back and grab them and I'll see you in a few minutes. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Joe, Franz, come right in. I'm so sorry to tear you away from cooking with Ryan. That looked amazing. (laughs) Uh, Tell me about what you were making. I mean, I saw there was lots of things going on. There might have been a little booty grab in there. Is that what I saw? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, we we are making some some morning rolls, some sweet buns, and there might have been some grabbing of buns. I kept everybody in line. Everybody's in good good behavior. Good, Joe. I'm glad that you were able to balance that out. It did feel like it was getting steamy warm in there. So... Well, they are warm buns. He so. is one of those straight guys that is like thinks it's really funny to do gay stuff, and so they confuse the crap mm-hmm. out of me because I'm like, "What do you mean you want to make out?" And they're like, "No, no, I want to make out." And I was like, well, "I don't understand. I don't. I don't get what's going on here. You're pulling with my heartstrings." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain appeal to Ryan well- Reynolds. I mean, I, you know, I'm also gay, married to a woman, and he does it for me a little bit too. I've got to admit. So it was it was hard to walk away from those morning buns. Team Franz and Joe. How long have you guys been in real estate? How long have you been doing this? Well, I've been doing this for 12 years now. Um, and that's Franz. Yeah. 18. Do you want us yes. to introduce and say, hey, this is Franz? Or what? Yeah, do you well, all three of us have gay accents. And so I have, I have a feeling that nobody's <laughs> going to have any idea about who's talking when. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm good here. I'm good. Amy's the only one that they can tell who the hell You're is good. talking. Yes, Amy but. is distinct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which okay. of these is not like the others? <laughs> so Joe was in real estate for 18 years. Franz has been doing it for 12 years. I've been in real estate for 13 years. So Franz, you and I start off right around the same time. Amy, you've been doing this mm-hmm. for a while. We got two years now. Yeah, I'm at like two and a half now. Two mm-hmm. and a half. Oh my gosh, it's gone by two so Two and fast. a half, I know. Okay, so your partner's not only at work, you're also partners at home and you have a 16-year-old son. And so what came first? Was it work? Was it love? Like, what was the order? How did this all happen? First came oh work, <laughs> then came love. <laughs> then came baby in the baby carriage, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're happily ever after phase now. Can I ask what was the means of like, how did you your kiddo come into your life? Did you do adoption or like how, what was the process for you? That's always a fun story. I made him the old fashioned way. Ah, um, I met, met his mom in college. Uh, we were together for many, many years. Yeah, we had, we still have a great relationship. Co-parent as a modern family really, really well. I tell Franz all the time that he was my late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> he was a late bloomer. Amy, what was your process to get your kiddo? We actually did IVF. We we did, you know, some of the more old-fashioned way for a while, but I was I was of geriatric motherhood age, which is really fun to be told before you're even 40. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but we landed with IVF. It was really clear my wife did not want to carry. She kind of runs on the more masculine side of things, and I really wanted to carry. So yeah. that's where we landed. And mine is seven, so I am not in teenage land yet, as all of the rest of you yeah, are. Cherish that time. <laughs> we'll enjoy it while it lasts. Yes, yes. <laughs> we adopted our kid. We've had him since he was seven days old. So uh, kind of fresh out of the oven at that point. Okay, so you've been together. You've been in real estate together for 12 years. The whole time you've been working together. Uh, before that, Joe, were you on your own? Uh, I actually worked for a big real estate team. We focused on both residential and then investment properties. So I spent a number of years doing both residential and then a par- small apartment okay, buildings. Okay, and then mm-hmm. how did you two meet? Oh, gosh, we met at a lovely 35 and under networking event. <laughs> over in Bellevue. Mm -hmm. And we just happened to be kind of walking in at the same time. And 
I was like, hey, where are you going? He goes, oh, I'm going to this this networking thing for real estate brokers. I was like, oh, well, let's go together. And the rest is kind of just... You walked in and that was it. We, spent, we literally it. spent the whole... We spent the whole evening hanging out, socializing, networking with people all over the place. And then it just kind of blossomed. Okay. Yeah, we met a lot of good people that night that we're actually still in touch with to this day. We still work with some of those colleagues. We met a really great lender at that event. So it was it was prosperous all the way around. My gosh, what a pivot pivotal moment. Yeah. yeah. Who was the host? It was the Young Professionals Network through Seattle King County Realtors. Uh, they need to do like a blog yeah. post on you guys to be like, this event changed their entire lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> the whole trajectory. I love thinking of you just sort of spontaneously like walking in the door. Like what are the chances, you know? Yeah. There you were, you just sort of bumped into each other. And so many people have such different, you know, meeting stories these days. That's a, that's a pretty lovely one. Was it love at first sight or was it business at first sight? Like what did you guys decide to do first? Oh, I mean, he was definitely easy on the eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, <laughs> so Joe, Joe is not difficult to behold, uh, but it was definitely business at first sight. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How did you decide to work together? Like what was the decision-making process there? Well, I'm kind of a natural recruiter and <laughs> I was new and I was new to the business. Okay. So I was, singing the glories of Coldwell Banker Bain and what an amazing organization it is and um, just the the training and support that they provide to their brokers. Joe was sort of at a moment of transition in his business Mm -hmm. and he was searching for the training and the support for a more traditional real estate business versus having come from a team background where a lot of that support was provided for him. So it, it just kind of became a natural fit. I had something Joe was looking for. <laughs> awesome. Um, and did you like immediately become partners or was there like a certain transaction or was there a process like an interview process? Like I was actually on my own at the time and I was heading to Europe for a couple of weeks. We had, I had a listing coming on and I said, Hey, you know, this would be a great opportunity to kind of test out working together. Would you want to co-list this property with me while I'm gone on vacation for a few weeks? And as realtors, we have a hard time, you know, getting people to cover our business and how is that going to work? And I said, you know what, let's, let's do this and let's see how it goes. And sure enough, things went really well. We are still to this day, really, really close friends with that particular client that we worked on that transaction. Uh, I love that. So it wasn't like there wasn't a, a like a, a partnership agreement or anything that was done right off the bat. It was like, let's just co-list one listing. Let's just see how that one goes and they'll make a decision from there. So Franz, I mean, you're you're like brand spanking new in the business at this point. You've got this big old listing with this guy who's got, you know, six years under his belt. You must have been under a lot of pressure at that point. Uh, yeah, no pressure, right? He leaves town to Europe <laughs> <laughs> and uh, leaves me to field my very first offer on my very first listing solo with a couple that was going through a divorce. Oh. <laughs> and I had to navigate no <laughs> I had to navigate that routine. No pressure. No pressure at all. But you know, it, it worked out really nicely. Um, I was just kind of blown away that somebody with Joe's experience level would be so willing to give a new person. Uh, a crack at it. And I, I mean, obviously, I'm really thankful that he did. And his willingness and generosity 
to do that really made me motivated to work hard. And I wanted to do all of the work uh, just because I felt like he had already offered so much just by being willing to split the split the transaction with me. And I really did let him work. <laughs> oh, yeah. He let me work. So generous. <laughs> so I let him work. And you, and you enjoyed yes. Europe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a good training opportunity. Yes. <laughs> As gay couples in this generation, we are kind of the cutting edge of defining what gay relationships look like. Before us, there wasn't any such thing as like an outwardly open gay relationship. We have nobody to look for as an example. We are setting the example for every generation after us at this point. A lot of that in, for like Joe, my, my husband, Joe, and I, my husband's named Joe too, so we both have great taste fronts. Um, <laughs> we are are. Con- constantly making decisions around who's in charge of what. Like, I'm in charge of aesthetics. Joe takes care of wine selection and temperature of the house. I'm in charge of, like, what music is playing. Like, everybody has, we have our roles of, like, there's no gender roles. There's nothing that says, like, well, you're the man or you're the woman, and so you have to go to work or you have to stay home. And you guys are doing that for both your business and for your home life. When it comes to business, how did you decide who was going to be in charge of like, you know, you're in charge of listing prep and you're in charge of negotiations? Like, how does that fall out? How do you figure that out? The the same way it does in your household. And some of those roles naturally take shape over the course of time. Uh, The same thing happened in our business. Mm -hmm. Joe and I naturally had to sort those things out. And depending on moods and motivations usually determined who was doing what. Um, you know, Joe was six years in the business and kind of at a moment where he wanted a little bit of change and wanted to really focus on doing listings. And uh, he already had a really strong book of business. So he he tended to focus a little bit more on the listing side of things. And I focused a little bit more on the buyer side of things. And that it just sort of became the natural evolution. When you've got like, okay, so we did a project with you uh, a couple weeks ago and we're meeting over at the house. How do you decide who's going to go to that meeting? Like, do you, do you sometimes both go? Does, does one of you go? Is that always a Franz job? Is that always a Joe job? Like, how do you determine that? Like, just little like day to days. I mean, that was a rare moment for me to show up, actually. Normally, yeah. Joe <laughs> shows up for the, all of the listing prep. He, he's kind of the, the guru in that department. Yeah. Um, so he handles a lot of that, that listing prep and meetings. I have, but you know, here's the thing is when you've got a couple and a, and a partnership, you divide and conquer. And yeah. Joe and I spend a lot of time divide and conquer mode. So just depending on what the schedule's like, we can, we can fill in for one another at any given moment. But Typically, Joe is the one who's handling all of the listing prep. My goal is to show up for the first open house. Um, on on this is like really basic, like just semantics questions, because I think a lot of people out there have a lot of real estate agents have questions around the idea of like how in the heck do you work together? Do you have one email address that you both share, or how do you know what the <laughs> other person knows? Like if Franz is getting information on a job site, how does Joe <laughs> get that into his brain later on down the road? It's very easy. It's pillow talk. <laughs> You know, so romantic. We, we literally sit in bed talking about clients and what was going on throughout the day. And we bring each other up to speed, usually every day at the end okay. of the day. It's our pillow okay. talk. And, you know, throughout the day, we do share an email address. We try to CC one another on every communication that goes through. But by and large, it's a lot of pillow talk. Yeah, we, we set up teamfranzandjoe.com and, and the 
team Franz and Joe at cbbain.com email so that everything goes to both of us simultaneously. We're always in the loop. You know, we have a lot of shared task lists. Every, you know, every client, every listing, we have a shared notepad where we've got notes about, you know, conversations with clients. And that way we can always tap into what the other person has updated and reference back to that. Because sometimes during pillow talk, you know, Joe might mention something to me and I'm nodding off. So I always can go back and double check the notes. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Is it just the two of you or is there more folks on the team? Just the two of us. Right now it's just the two of us. You're doing a massive book of work. Yeah. Like you have a lot of work going through for two people there. That's, I am, I am in awe. Recently, uh, CB Bain sold to CB Realty. Um, how do you feel like that transition is going? What are we going to see from the outside looks different? How is it going to be the same? Like if I was one of your clients and I was worried that I was like, oh, your company is changing. So tell me what the heck is going on. How, how would you explain that to me? Every outsider looking in, it, it really is nothing has really changed other than the ownership. I mean, we'll see some updated logos coming out that will be more aligned with the national brand, but it's basically business as usual under the Coldwell Banker Bain roof. There will be some integration of some new systems and capabilities that the national brand has that they'll implement for us. But uh, in general, I mean, we're going to see things stay pretty much the same. Uh, Bain has an outstanding reputation in the industry. We are going to maintain that. Corporate has looked to us for a long time as the trendsetter throughout the franchise organization. So they they like to learn as much from us as we rely upon them. And so if I hire Team Franz and Joe, I'm getting Team Franz and Joe. That's like, it's, it's going to be the same thing that it was before. It's not going to be any different. I, you know, every business is always in transition. We're always trying to get better, hopefully, that we're not getting worse. Um, but like even my business, we've been in the same ownership for 13 years. And, you know, we introduce new things all the time and new processes and we're always trying to keep up with technology because that's ever changing. I mean, can you imagine if we were still like using MapQuest to get to people's houses? Like that just wouldn't make any sense at all. No, yeah. thank you. We had a fantastic assistant that worked with us for gosh, six years. And up until her retirement at the beginning of 2020, she was still MapQuesting. <laughs> Yes. So don't knock, don't knock that map quest. It, it, it gets still you works. There. It gets you there. <laughs> it does. It does. It's it reliable. Does. I was watching the special on Abercrombie and Fitch, and this guy came on and he said, so a mall is kind of like Amazon, but you could actually walk inside of it because he was explaining to a younger generation what a mall was. And I was like, oh, that's right. They've never, like my son has never been to a mall <laughs> before. Like that is not something that exists in his in his sphere of reality. So we are always trying to explain things how they used to work. We're always trying to figure out how things are going to work now. And so it's great to hear that uh, CB Bain is whole and going forward and we're going to get the same great service from you guys. I think it's great. It's been a great partnership for us. So what do you guys see as... What is the market going to look like? We're going into a, a what everybody's calling a downturn where it's going to start slowing down. It's going to really change from what they mean from that is it's going to change from a, um, a seller's market to a buyer's market. 
what does that mean to you? There's a lot of agents like, I mean, Amy has only ever been in a, in a seller's market. What does it look like to go into a buyer's market? Joe, I'm going to throw this one at you because you, you were there for six years before we've been in this market. So tell us about it. You know, I got to experience the financial meltdown of 2008. So, you know, shifting markets are shifting markets. You have to learn to adapt. As we transition to a more balanced market, I don't like to use the word downturn necessarily because we are going to do a more balanced market. You know, I don't see prices falling, you know, like they were in 2008 and 2009. But, you know, market time is going to increase. You're probably seeing it in your business where, you know, things that should have been selling in a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month are taking 30, 60 days now than they were six months ago, certainly. So I think just setting those expectations with your clients, your sellers, and letting them know that, hey, you're not going to get an offer necessarily in the first week. You might, but the chances are probably not. So we just have to adjust those expectations. I was in uh, working in the Inland Empire, which is down by Palm Springs. And after working in Portland and Seattle for years and years where we got, you know, they would accept offers at a certain time and date, usually, you know, two or three days after the first open house. So things would go pending in like within five days, almost always. And I was talking to somebody down at Inland Empire and they're like, oh no, things here sell really fast. Like we have an average of like 60 days. And I'm like, oh, 60 days. <laughs> <laughs> That's forever. Holy cow. Um, but now we're starting to see things that are a little different. Even houses that are prepared perfectly yeah. are still taking a little longer. And so it does take a bit more patience and certainly a lot more preparation to get a house ready for market. You can't just throw any piece of schlock and get top market anymore. That just doesn't happen. I think it's definitely something to look out for. Tell me about your absolute worst day in real estate. What happened? What? Where were you? What was going on? Um, Gosh, Franz, do you want to do you want to talk about yeah, this one? I, I can <laughs> I can talk about my worst day in real estate. Uh, it was probably Joe's worst day in real estate. Also, being yeah. real estate heroes, sometimes we go above and beyond, and we go put ourselves in a situation that maybe we should reconsider being in. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. We, uh-oh. Were, we were we <laughs> were we were prepping a listing. Uh, in Issaquah at the time. And somehow or another, we got a room mismeasured for carpet. And we didn't have a, a piece of carpet that fit that den correctly. And the carpet installer was ticked off and he was busy and didn't have time to go get the new piece of carpet. And we had a timeline to keep. So real estate hero Fran said, you know what, I am going to drive my SUV down to the warehouse and I am going to load this roll of carpet in the back of the car and I'm going to drive it up to your house, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, and we're going to get this installed and we're going to keep this timeline. We are going to make sure your cross-country move comes off flawlessly. And I will say before you continue, Franz, that we haven't shared this story with many people. So this is a pretty, uh, pretty yeah. reveal for yes. all of us. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Appreciate it your is. vulnerability. Um, Thank you. Well, yes. this is one of those yes, moments yes. where, uh, you know, a partnership uh, gets tested. And so I went down to pick up the roll of carpet and in the process of loading that carpet into the back of my SUV, the forklift operator uh, accidentally drove that forklift forward instead of backwards. Oh. And it fell off the loading dock and it crushed my right leg against the back of the SUV. Um, so I was pinned oh. and um, it was pretty bad. I couldn't walk for, uh, I couldn't, 
I couldn't bear any weight on my leg for a solid three months. Uh, Couldn't attempt to even drive a car like on the most minimal of drives for about uh, six months. Um, Couldn't work full time for a year. That was in the summer of 15. And amazingly, you know, the way we operate, we've, we've just got to see everything through. So we got the carpet delivered that same day. Uh, the listing got photographed <laughs> oh, still on the schedule. Oh my gosh. Um, uh. I was, I was heavily sedated <laughs> on narcotics for um, many months, for many months. I mean, the, 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 my orthopedist, uh, told me that um, it turned my leg into ground beef was the way he described it. He said it'd be oh, like sewing ground beef. My so gosh. yeah, it took a lot of therapy, but, um, we got the house sold on schedule, uh, for above asking, uh, clients were happy. They were incredibly appreciative under, you know, majorly distressful circumstances. They were well aware of what the situation was. They were. I was, was. wondering oh, yeah. if you had... Yeah, yeah. No, they they were well aware that, that there was a problem. Um, but, uh, you know, it, at the end of the day, Joe Overland stepped up and, mm-hmm. I mean, did everything. He he ran our entire business. I did my best to help from home when I I would like draft an offer for him or I'd draft emails for him for, for stuff that needed to go out. And then he'd come home and he'd fix all my mistakes because, you know, <laughs> I'm taking You're them a little between, loopy. between yeah. pain pills, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we we did that routine for a a full year before I was wow. really back up and running. Um it, it was a hard process. Joe Joe was my hero. I have questions. How Always. how did they get the forklift off of you? They used another forklift. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. yeah. And then you went immediately to the hospital. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was loaded into the emergent into the aid car and they took me off to the emergency room real fast. Terrifying. Yeah, no, it it was it was it was legitimately terrifying. So yeah. needless to say, I do not haul carpet for clients anymore. Great. That seems like a good <laughs> that's, that's nor, a, that there's a there's yes. a hard boundary there. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard line. We yeah. do not violate that rule. You also stay away from them anywhere yes, else. I, I also stay say. away from forklifts. Yeah, yeah, you I mean if if we're in a Costco or a Home Depot, mm-hmm. I am I am yep. walking the other way. I am not getting anywhere near it. For some yeah. people it's snakes, oh some people it's clowns. For for Franz, it's yep. it's carpet and forklifts. <laughs> These are the most For terrifying me, it's the things forklift. out there. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, American Horror Story yes. warehouse. Yeah. Thank you. It was a little traumatic, yeah. but you know, the power of two is wonderful. The power of two is wonderful. Yeah. You know, yeah. that happened. I picked up where everything was left off, and honestly, we had a record year that year, yep. despite everything that happened. Yeah, yeah we yeah. had a phenomenal year. We were top producers in the office that year, or one of the top producers in the office that year. We still had another record year. So, and in some ways, I I think it, you know because you have a, a business partnership and a life partnership that probably there was. I mean, as terrible as the whole circumstances was, it probably made it, I mean, there was no question you were, you were going to, you know, Joe was going to pick up for you, of course, like any partnership you hope. But since he's also your, your other partner, your, the rest of your life partner, he's got your back. It's pretty remarkable. He he had, was working on, you know, maximum of four or five hours of sleep a night for months. Yeah. He would, he would come home and work till midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and then he'd be up again 
6 a.m. and starting again. Yeah. And parenting in the middle of all that, too. And parenting in the middle of it all. Yeah. (laughs) So many real estate agents are solo entrepreneurs and they have terrible health insurance. A lot of them are like catastrophe only. And the fact that you guys were not solopreneurs, that you had met at that marketing meeting and not only joined your businesses, but also fell in love. Because, I mean, that really, that's, that's act of love. That's, I mean, great business partner to start off with, but act of love on top of that because uh, it just wouldn't have succeeded had you not been in that position that you were in at that moment. And so I'm very happy that you guys have each other. I, I wish that everybody in real estate had somebody they could lean on that heavily. Um, that would be mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. Tell me about the best day. So, so Joe, are you going to tell us about the best day? <laughs> well, I have the worst day covered. Joe, tell them about the best day. <laughs> oh, the best day. You know, you can love or hate working with family, but you know, every real estate broker has got a different story about working with a family member. Our best day, or at least I think for both of us was selling my parents' house. Mm-hmm. That was a nine month process of prep work, remodeling work. My dad's a contractor. So his house was always the last one to get finished. <laughs> and they had been 26 years in their giant house in the lake. It was 4,200 square feet. Most of it, slash all of it needed remodeled since the day they built it. So it took literally nine months of doing four bathrooms, refinishing hardwood floors, refreshing the kitchen, re-landscaping the property. And finally, you know, you, you, you spend all of this time getting it to the point where you actually take photos. That's really the day that it's ready, right? Is when you take the fo- photos of the house. And we got it all done, put it on the market, and the very first person that walked through the door bought the house. And this was right, I mean, literally, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. It was June of 2020. They were trying to time the market. They weren't sure, like, oh, gosh, we got to sell, we got to sell, we got to sell. They were going into retirement. And it just worked out flawlessly. Literally, the first person that walked in the door was like, I have to have it. I'll give you more than asking. I need it now. We're like, oh, wow. Well, that's where work is. <laughs> yes. yes, we will yes. do this. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> and it was for family and my parents. I have seen that go really, really well where the first person walks in and they buy it, and then the clients are super happy. But I've also seen it where like where you go in and you the first person comes in to buy it, and like it almost seems like anticlimactic. Like, well, maybe we should have asked for more, <laughs> maybe we did too much preparation, or like you know, the, yeah. it depends on if you're dealing with an optimist or a pessimist. Were your parents super yeah. happy? They were delighted. They had spent so much time getting this thing ready and so much money getting it ready that the first person to walk through the door that wanted, they were like, oh my gosh, guys, should we do this? Should we do this? We're like, yes, yeah. do this. Please. And I really think that a lot of times the clients are looking to you to see what your reaction is. Like when your kid falls down and skins their knee and it's mm-hmm. like, are you going to freak out first? Or are you going to wait for your kid to freak out and then be like appropriately respond? You know, like yeah. which one is it? And so letting your clients know like this is a really good thing. Like this is great. This is what we were working for. I think it can really help to, to guide that emotion and feelings. That is, I'm assuming they know you're gay. Yes, you've come out to them. So, okay. okay oh, yes. I was yes. worried about that. They're aware of the relationship too, yeah. They're very aware. Um, what is the best place for folks to find you? Teamfronsandjoe.com. Team Send us an email. Joe.com. Teamfronsandjoe at cbbain.com. Oh, perfect, um, yes. 
It's consistent. Yeah. I love it. We try to be consistent. Yes. We don't tinker with the recipe. You know, you you mentioned earlier that people are always innovating and and trying to develop new ways of running their their business and enhancing their business. Joe and I are really, really uh, strong proponents for the fundamentals of real estate. We don't mess with our chocolate chip cookie recipe. Uh, we we know how to make a really good chocolate chip cookie, mm-hmm. and so we you know when you start tinkering with that recipe, um, you can you can mess up the results. So we we have a formula we follow, and we try to make certain that we do not violate that formula. Mm-hmm. I know it's been an absolute mm-hmm. pleasure for our team working with you guys. You've been so accommodating and kind and, you know, you let us know what you want, but you're never mean about it, which makes us really happy. And speaking of, of chocolate chip cookies, can all four of us go back there and like make some chocolate chip cookies with Ryan Reynolds? I feel like that would be kind of <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. That, that's what's next on the menu. I mean, I hope he's still here. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, uh, Franz and Joe, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. Uh, and we'll Let's go back to the room and make some cookies. Sounds great. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Oh, wow. Was it chocolate chip cookies or Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Holy cow. And I, uh, that was remarkable. That was amazing. And I have to say, those two, they do know how to make chocolate chip cookies. They know what they're doing that. They do. <laughs> what charming folks. I don't, I'm not saying that you and I are ugly, but the three of them, Ryan Reynolds, Franz, <laughs> and Joe, are all like the prettiest human beings on the face of this that earth. I'm like, wow, this is a really pretty crowd. <laughs> delightful. Delightful. Gosh, I love their story. It was so much fun to listen to. I definitely was trying not to ask more questions and derail us with my own curiosities because it's pretty remarkable to have a, yeah, a business partner anytime. and a life partner. Like, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot yes. all at once. And to do it successfully for like 12 yeah. years. Because yeah. I mean, I've met lots of, of partners, like lots of married people who are also in business together. Uh, from what I have usually seen, I mean, in 13 years of doing this business, I've seen a lot of divorces. Yeah. I've seen a lot of businesses fall apart. It's, it's a tough thing yeah. to navigate. And it seems like those guys are doing a really good job doing it. I don't have a partner. I am a an entrepreneur that owns my business on my own. My husband owns half my business, but he's silent. <laughs> you recently, after like a long time of kind of wondering about this, you recently joined a team. Yeah. yeah. Formed a team. Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, we have jumped in here. I mean, I think, you know, I, I am in this business because I belong to the house of Kellen. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yes. Beth Kellen and Daniel Fagan have been partnered for a number of years now very successfully. And um, Beth has mm-hmm. taken her lovely family to, to Costa Rica for a year. Like a sabbatical. Yeah, like yeah. a sabbatical, yeah. which is just rem- amazing and brave and wonderful. And um, I think it became, you know, my the past uh, couple of years for me in this business. My first call has been to Beth and then my second call has been to Daniel. So Daniel and I have gotten to be really close and, you know, have deep appreciation for him. He's been in the business for a really long time as well. And uh, so it's sort of naturally, I think, for me to step in and we are, the three of us, kind of creating a, a new team name. We're Unlock PDX. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, 
yeah, we're working on logos and some rebranding and, you know, it's hard to bring all these things in at once, but we've talked about this. I, I have considered and thought about, you know, joining forces with somebody for a long time. It feels like there's ways in which this business is quite lonely. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that definitely what Franz and Joe were talking about in terms of not being able to ever take time away, you know, who do you leave your business with? So there's many reasons why the idea of a team was something that was really exciting to me. Right. And because it is an entire industry mm-hmm. of solopreneurs, like these people who are just working on their own, uh, everybody is used to being their own boss. And so mm-hmm. when you decide to go into partnership with somebody, it's unlike an employee-employer relationship because it's not like, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, you're my boss, tell me what to do. It's a partnership. And that's yeah. a very different thing. And unless you have found somebody who complements you really well, who's like, you're yin to your yang, I'm making the yin-yang finger sound. That you can't it's see right beautiful. Now, um, who's who's the yin to your yang? It's really it can be very difficult, and so it sounds yeah. like how long you've been how long you guys been doing this together at this point? Basically, right around the time Glenn had surgery, we jumped in together. So it's been oh, um, maybe tons two, of transition all at once. Great. Yeah, awesome. yeah, just a couple of months at this point. So okay. yeah, from the outside, it seems to be going like very smoothly. Like we worked with yeah. a couple of projects, and it has been yeah. no craziness at all. So it looks yeah. great. I think for the most part it is I think we're we're trying to figure out you know Daniel is really accustomed to working with Beth and Beth is an incredibly seasoned agent um, with just such a phenomenal agent and I think that he and I are figuring out w- how we roll together and I think stepping into this you know the idea was never that I was going to be you know the buyer's agent or not a full partner but also trying to figure out because he has so much experience in this business what do I bring to the table and where right. is my value for him you know I think we both are people that also just want to process things through like listening to those two talk about pillow talk I totally get that like you know there are times when Daniel and I are driving across town and we have like a 45 minute conversation about things that, you know, aren't pressing, but we're just kind of working through the process. And I mean, I'm loving that aspect of being a part of a team because it's so nice to have somebody to talk things through with. I think that that feels really important. I liked what they talked about when they were talking about this idea of that, like, it's as you go along, you start to kind of naturally go to the things that you are good at and Mm -hmm. that you always cover each other. That, like, if you can't make it to something, your partner goes for you or vice versa. And it ends up being this give and take. And I think where a lot of partnerships fall apart is that it ends up being a give and 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 a give. And then there's like no take. And it's like, oh, goodness there needs to be some kind of balance here. I think if you can handle that successfully, if you can make sure that those give and takes are are balanced well, then it can be a really good thing. Nobody should feel like they are being taken advantage of. Nobody should feel like they're being overworked or underworked. And I think that's going to be the balance for us, you know, and trying to figure out how you do splits and how all of that works out and who does what. I mean, it's tricky. It's really tricky. And I think um, also recognizing that Daniel and Beth, I mean, I've done a, a amount of business that I'm delighted by in the past couple of years and was certainly unexpected for me, but but I'm not <laughs> I'm not Daniel Fagan and Beth Kellen. So stepping into sort of their business sphere as well is really interesting too, because, you know, wanting 
to figure out, uh, Daniel and I needing to figure out, you know, what are the things he's really good at? What are the things I'm good at? Trying to step in if somebody's having a challenging time, clients that that it's uh, a fresh perspective is warranted. So I'm sort of stepping in and trying to uh, take the lead with, with these folks that I think um, just a new face is going to be beneficial because it's been a hard process for them. So I think those are the ways where you can really support each other when there's stuff going on with, with clients for sure. You know, I think that you uh, discredit yourself just a touch. You've been in the business for two and a half years now. And I know a lot of people who jumped in right around the same time as you. And a good number of them are no longer doing this. A number of them have only had one listing, have only had one buyer, uh, and are still like struggling to try to get their wheel to spin. And your wheel is spinning at full steam. And I am I am impressed by you every single day. I had no idea that this... Well, I always thought you were a lovely human being. I just didn't know you were also a real estate agent. And now you have come in and by your own means proving yourself to be a great agent. And I am, I'm really proud of you. Good job. Oh, thank you. That means Not so that much. Not you need because... my validation, but you know, <laughs> no, just so you I know. do. It's, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I think it's lovely. It's lovely to hear that from people that I know and care about because I, I mean, just to be fully transparent, stepping into this partnership, I, I have a little bit of like, well, what do I bring to the table? You know, what do I have to offer here? Because there's, there's so much experience ahead of me. Yeah. And thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, that's my work to do. That's the, sh- the stuff that I carry. Um, Can I put a bug in your ear? <laughs> yeah. You're Amy freaking Romberg. That's who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Amy. love um, it, Justin. <laughs> well, I wanted to say thank you so much to, but first, Ryan Reynolds, thank you for being here and cooking for us. Uh, but yes. thank you so much to, to, to Franz and Joe. Uh, you guys have made great guests on the show today. It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, thank you to all the folks who have reached out to be guests. Uh, we've got, we've got a wait in line. We'll get you in there. I promise. If you've got a story that you want to tell, you can find us at spade-archer.com. Click on the podcast link. There's an email there. Write to us. Say, hey, we want to be on your podcast. It's cool. Let's do it, man. We'll make it happen. Our editor is Richie. Richie, thank you so much for making us sound intelligent. It takes a lot to get there. Um, our music was written, composed, and performed by Joff Metz. You can find him at fivestarguitars.com. Also, my best friend since high school. Like, such a great Aww. guy. I just love him. <laughs> um, Amy, my co-host, always delightful. Thank you for your vulnerability today. I really appreciate you sharing your story. If you can get one person to detect breast cancer early off of this podcast, then it was totally worth it. So I appreciate your vulnerability. Go out there and save some absolutely. lives on a daily basis. Yes, absolutely. Um, we will see you next time behind the yard sign this production of behind the yard sign was brought to you live from the spade and archer studios spade and archer design agency is the world's first guaranteed home stager